According to Brides Magazine, 25% of all weddings in 2017 were destination weddings. But because of the pandemic, I'm seeing a lot more couples consider having destination weddings because they want to have smaller, more intimate affairs with their closest friends and family. But where do you even begin planning a destination wedding during a pandemic? Today, we talk about the five most important things you need to know before you think about planning that destination wedding. So stick around. Listening to Ask the Planner. I'm your host, Desiree Adams, owner of Verb Event Co., a company whose mission is to help couples enjoy planning the contemporary, sophisticated wedding they've always imagined. Together with other wedding industry experts, we reveal the crucial details and industry secrets that will help you plan and enjoy your flawless heirloom occasion. So pop your favorite champagne because we have a wedding to plan. Welcome back to Ask the Planner. Today we're talking about the five things you need to do before planning your destination wedding. The pandemic has definitely changed some things, and that includes destination weddings. Travel abroad is restricted, guests don't feel comfortable or safe traveling internationally, or even crossing state lines in some cases. Whether you're planning a destination wedding somewhere exotic like the Caribbean or somewhere in the U.S., and the majority of your guests have to travel to attend, you're going to want to listen to today's episode. I'm so excited to have on the show Kara Broadhacker of Love at First Travel. Kara and I are in the same wedding professionals, masterminded. I always knew I wanted to talk about destination weddings on the podcast since they make up a significant portion of all weddings. She specializes in destination weddings, so I knew she would have a wealth of knowledge to share with you all. Kara Broadhacker is the owner and lead destination wedding planner at Love at First Travel. Love at First Travel started as a blog helping couples plan their destination weddings and now offers destination wedding planning and travel coordination for couples getting married in dreamy destinations like Mexico, Jamaica, and Costa Rica. Guys, please help me welcome Kara to the show. Hey, Kara, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me today. I can't wait to talk to you. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I love your podcast. Oh, thank you. All right. Well, I read your bio at the top of the interview, but I'd love for my guests to tell the listeners at home who you are in your own words, you know, a little bit more about you, how you got started, and what brought you to where you are today. Sure. Yeah. So I started Love at First Travel actually as a blog because I was planning my own destination wedding and I was so frustrated at the lack of um, transparent information that you could find online. It was always like, please contact us. And then you're only hearing mm -hmm. from one person. So mm -hmm. yeah, I started my blog and then it just kind of took off from there. I had people asking me for advice and I just started offering destination wedding planning as a service and it has been incredible. We've been all over and it's just been really fun. Oh, that's so interesting. So you started as a blog and then was it when you were, were you blogging as you were planning your own wedding and then kept doing it afterward? Yeah, exactly. So when I was, um, finding out information, like, you know, you know, brides nowadays, we want all the information, right? I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast is doing so because they want the information for themselves to make decisions. So as I would find out things, and as I was learn things, I would blog about them. Mm -hmm. And yeah, then I just kind of continued on. Um, as I was doing destination wedding planning as a service, obviously, I learned more and more, I would go back and edit old blog posts so that they were really, mm -hmm. um, correct because <laughs> sometimes <laughs> what we're writing about as we're planning our own wedding 
<laughs> once we're on the other side, we see right. <laughs> kind of where the gaps are. <laughs> so, <situation>. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so interesting. So that, that's great. So today we're talking about the very first steps of planning a destination wedding. And I think this is going to be super interesting for everyone that's listening. And also for me, because I'm not, I mean, most of my couples are destination to the upstate New York area, but they're not destination in like a much you know, more exotic location like where you've been. So I'm excited to dive in. So what would you share as as the first question that people should be asking themselves if they're thinking about planning a destination wedding? Sure. I mean, one of the first uh, questions that you would think of is just choosing a destination, which there's a Mm -hmm. lot more to it than sometimes you think, um, because you want to look at like what are travel schedules like, how easy is the planning going to be, hiring a planner. So depending on the type of destination too, hiring a planner Mm -hmm. is going to be one of the first decisions you make, whether or not you choose to hire someone local to your city or you choose to hire someone who's local to your destination. Uh, Mm -hmm. And a lot of all-inclusive resorts even include an on-site coordinator. So you just have to decide how much support you want throughout the planning process. But if you are hiring a wedding planner, do that first because uh, it makes all of the decisions so much more streamlined when you start there. And then when you're choosing a destination, look at yeah what the flight schedules are like. Does the destination offer what you want? And mm-hmm. yeah, and then setting your budget is obviously a huge one. <laughs> Right. So do you you recommend that they talk to a wedding planner after or the destination wedding planner after they've decided the location? Well, I would do planner first. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Just because uh, like a planner, like, like myself, I mostly specialize in all-inclusive destinations like Mexico, Jamaica, that kind of thing. So it is hard as mm-hmm. a wedding couple to be thinking about what destination you want, unless you already right. have a destination in mind, for example. But a lot of times people just come to me and they just want to go somewhere hot. They want a beach. They want a mm-hmm. private location. Mm-hmm. They want this. And instead of doing all the research on all of the destinations themselves, it just makes right. sense to hire a planner that's already familiar. Right. Awesome. Yeah. I think that sounds like a much more enjoyable experience for sure. (laughs) Do you think that people need to hire a travel agent too, or do you think that they should just work with the planner? That's a good question. Um, I do think it makes sense to work with a travel agent, but whether or not you want a group contract is going to depend on the destination. So if you're Mm -hmm. choosing, I call them like a la carte destinations. So like Italy or even Hudson Valley where where you are and you're going to be hiring the vendors piece by piece. Mm -hmm. Uh, You might want to have a travel agent that you're going to refer guests who want that additional support, but you don't necessarily Mm -hmm. need to have a group contract. Your planner can help you set up a hotel block or whatever. But Mm -hmm. for something like Mexico where people where a majority of your guests are going to be staying at the same location and they're going to want flights and stuff like that, definitely Mm -hmm. get a group contract because there's not only as there are like perks to doing it that way, there's so much more support and it makes it so much easier for the hotel as well. Okay. That is awesome. That's great to know. What would be your next question do you think that people should be asking themselves if they're planning a destination wedding? A lot of times the next thing after you're kind of thinking about where you want your destination wedding to be is do you want to plan any other events during the week or the weekend? And like a lot of times people are wondering who should be paying for that. So Mm -hmm. it's always nice, you know, anything that you do, your guests will appreciate. You should definitely be paying for everything on the wedding day. And keep in mind, even if you're staying at an all-inclusive resort, it doesn't mean that the wedding will be all-inclusive. So definitely budget for that. And then if you 
have anything that's like kind of more mandatory, like a welcome dinner or something like that, you should definitely be covering the cost. But if it's something like an excursion or tour or something like that, it's fine. Mm -hmm. Communication is key, but you can definitely just invite your guests and let them know where to book if they're interested. And yeah, but something like a catamaran, like if you do have a budget, you can charter a catamaran for like around like depends on the location, but like $1,500 to $3,000. And it's a great just like thank you gift. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. it's like friendly for all age groups. Like it's one of my favorite kind of group excursions. Oh, that sounds like, oh my gosh, I want to go right now. That sounds like so much fun. (laughs) I need to get invited to a destination wedding. That's like, so sounds so much fun. I feel like it's kind of similar to when you're having a destination wedding that's not necessarily in the Caribbean, but you're inviting most of your out-of-town guests to come join you. So you have something like a welcome dinner or you have a tour of the area with like wineries or breweries and it can be optional, but you would want to pay for at least some of it, like the transportation for that. But then if you are inviting them to frequent like your favorite coffee shop or, you know, other sites that are in the area, then it's kind of like something you would put on your website. These are other things you guys could check out that we love. So we would love for you to experience them as well. And that could be something that they would pay for on their own. But yeah, that's really good to know. Absolutely. Awesome. So what's your next question that people should be asking themselves? The next question is kind of timeline. So how far in advance should you really look at booking? And of course, things are Mm -hmm. a little different right now specifically. But in general, I would talk, I would suggest between eight to 14 months. If you plan Mm -hmm. more than 14 months in advance, it's very hard Mm -hmm. for guests to commit because they're looking at their vacation days. Are they going to be leaving from the same airport or are they thinking about moving? Are they thinking about starting a family? All these questions are harder and harder to plan the farther in advance you go. And a lot of couples think that they're being really considerate. The intentions are good. They want their guests to have more time to save money, Mm -hmm. to book off time, et cetera. Uh, But it really kind of backfires. It's really hard to get guests to commit. And then shorter than eight months is harder because a lot of people have already planned their vacation days. They might have a harder time coming up with the budget to go and stuff like that. So that's Mm -hmm. usually what I recommend. I think given... Given the coronavirus that we're facing with right now, I think you could go a little bit longer. Like we're Mm -hmm. seeing weddings. I would book up to like spring 2022 right now. Mm -hmm. I don't think I Mm -hmm. would go to fall 2022 though. I think that's still too far. So two years out from now. Oh no. Mm -hmm. So it's like a year and a half. Yeah. A year and a half. Right. Spring and fall tend to be more like of the peak seasons anyway, just because people are generally traveling in the winter. And so fall and spring are kind of shoulder season. It's great for weddings. Got it. So most of the destination weddings are in what time of the year down there? Uh, So fall. So kind of toward the end of hurricane season. So like November, early Mm -hmm. December, or then between Mm -hmm. like April, May. Got it. Oh, interesting. Because I feel like a lot of people um, take vacation, you know, in like at least, you know, I'm in upstate New York and we have those snowbirds that all go on vacation. You know, people that will live here part of the year and they'll go to Florida or their, you know, their house in the Caribbean in the winter. So I was expecting more that people would be planning their destination weddings like in the winter time here into like the spring break 
you know, like February, we have winter break in February and then we have spring break in April or March, but that's not necessarily when the the destination weddings are happening. Is that right? Yeah. So yeah, that is a more popular time just for vacations. But when it comes to destination <laughs> weddings, availability can be kind of crazy. Also, you don't want the resort yeah. to be like yeah, packed no. the week of your wedding. You don't want to be like right. passing three brides on the way to your, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So that's why a lot right. of people kind of avoid that. Or and then college kids. Can be yeah. And like uh, during shoulder season, you can get kind of a discounted rate for bringing oh, like the okay. volume of people. Whereas in winter, when like it's, popular. Season, it's like, no, no. <laughs> oh, that's that makes complete sense. Awesome. So you were talking about this a little bit earlier, but do most in like when you're talking about um, the budgeting per the process, do you find that a lot of couples are surprised when they hear how much a destination wedding costs? Is it more or less expensive, do you think, than a regular wedding? How would you how do you answer those questions for them? Yeah, so honestly, it's all over the map. Some people are surprised at how affordable it is, and some people are surprised mm-hmm. at how expensive it is because they hear all inclusive uh, destination mm-hmm. wedding and they just kind of think food's already included and stuff like that. So Destination weddings are really similar to local weddings in that your guest count is going to be the biggest determining factor mm-hmm. on right. how how expensive it's going to be. So for a lot of times, all-inclusive resorts, just to give an idea of price point, for 25 to 30 people, you're looking at a package that includes a private reception anywhere between like 3000 and 8000 US dollars. So mm-hmm. just to give you an idea, and then anything above that is an average of like a hundred US dollars a person just for their meal and for the extra staff. And then of course, mm-hmm. you know, anything else that you want to add more decor, anything. Like right. That. So a lot of people see the starting price of like um, a wedding package for a thousand dollars or something. And then they realize the reception isn't private or things like that. So they might want to add that on, but mm-hmm. In general, because the guest lists do tend to be smaller, it will be more affordable. Mm -hmm. But if you're comparing, I mean, if you're comparing apples to apples too, right? Like you're getting married on the beach. So it's not going to be like, (laughs) if you're comparing it to, I don't know, like a a hall that you can rent. Yeah, it's going to be more expensive. But if you're comparing it to a comparable venue at home, it'll probably Mm -hmm. be cheaper. Interesting. And then do you find that couples are um, bringing a lot of the decor with them, like the flowers or other decor from the States? Are they trying to work with the local vendors? And then is it more, is it more affordable if they're working with people that are local? I think for the most part, Oh, that's a good question. It's it's hard to say. I usually try to get as much of the decor locally as I can because they can see it. <laughs> so like it's so hard to color match online. And when you're buying stuff right. online, <laughs> it's like – Yeah. Oh, I don't can, recommend that ever. <laughs> right. And then a lot of times people are like trying to ship stuff to the resort and mm-hmm. it gets messy that way. And a lot of times if you mm-hmm. purchase from the resort or from the preferred suppliers or – local suppliers or whatever, they include setup because they know that you kind of need it. And if you bring the decor, you have to get like, you either have to hire someone to help you or you have to get friends and family to help set it up. And like Mm -hmm. friends and family is like one thing with a local wedding, but with a destination wedding, it's like a especially like, no. (laughs) Oh no. Yeah. I've definitely, I've, I've, none of mine have done this, but I've heard horror stories when people were like, yeah. And then they, 
asked us to help set up the chairs and we're wearing our tuxes. And I was like, oh my gosh, that sounds we're like horrible. Take yeah. down. Like, yeah. oh my God, after I'm like drinking and dancing, the last thing I want to do is help you fold up chairs at the end of the night. Yeah, no, exactly. Like nobody, nobody wants to do that. Just hire people to do that. And it's beautiful. Like a lot of times yeah. people think they're like saving money, bringing like fake flowers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But like, it's like you're in a tropical destination where they have oh the most gosh. incredible florals. Like take advantage of it. You're already in a beautiful location. So I think you can right. really keep the decor minimal and it's still stunning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in my opinion, it might be a bit more expensive to do local, but it's so worth it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think you would get your money. Plus, I th- you might be spending a lot for them to bring the stuff over too. Like if a vendor having to pay for them to travel to the destination wedding too. Yeah. That's the only thing I am mm-hmm. hit or miss on is photography because I have a mix of couples mm-hmm. who bring a photographer and a, a mix of couples who hire a local photographer. The only thing I usually don't recommend mm-hmm. is going with like the resorts photographer. So you will mm-hmm. usually pay a fee if you don't Absolutely. hire them, but it is worth it yeah. because the resort photographer, obviously there's a range, but it's like, you could literally, it's usually a big company mm-hmm. and you could have someone on the right. first day or 10th year, you know? So <laughs> kind of not something that I would want to leave, especially with photography, because you can't redo that. And then it's, you know, th- those really, I feel like affect how you remember the day is how good the photographer was. Yeah. A hundred percent. Or like something mm-hmm. like makeup. Sometimes you can find out if you can't afford to bring your makeup artist with you, a lot of times you can find out what brand mm-hmm. they're using at the resort and like pay someone local to kind of do your makeup how you want. And then you know what colors you like. And that's kind of a good way to save mm-hmm. money from bringing them, but not right. like, leave it yeah, all up to chance. For sure. Because <laughs> again, I think that's another one that couples are really, you know, concerned about because it's, if, I think it affects how you see yourself and how you enjoy the days. Because if you're feeling self-conscious because you didn't feel like your makeup was, or your hair was done right. Um then it kind of impacts how you experience it. Do you find that a lot of people, a lot of couples are making multiple trips to plan their destination wedding? Like, do they need to go and look at some of the decor and the linens while they're there? Or is it mostly online? Most of my couples, yeah, have honestly not even been to the (laughs) resort Mm -hmm. before. I've had couples who have never even left the country before, which I always find is like so brave and so fun because and right. It's like, I don't know if I'm that brave, but it's really cool. And you're like, well, is there going to be a beach? Yeah. (laughs) So uh, a lot of times people don't do pre-planning trips unless it's to actually tour different resorts and then choose their venue because they feel like they want to see it in person. Mm -hmm. But once you've kind of already chosen it, which is one of the like first decisions, Mm -hmm. it's like, it can almost be more stressful to go there first, because you're like, almost micro analyzing it. And you've already made the decision. (laughs) That's true. And honestly, they just don't work like that. They Mm -hmm. work very last minute, like, Mm -hmm. especially if you're not working with a local planner, uh, to kind of help you guide you through the year, Mm -hmm. the resort will actually start planning with you like two to three months in advance. So So you you should wait anyways. Yeah. Interesting. Gosh, that would drive me insane <laughs> as a planner. <Yeah. laughs> but no, I think you if, if you're used to it and you understand that that's kind of the, the time frame that they're on, then you're, you know, you, you expect it to, and that's normal. But I think some, yeah, you can let the, the destination wedding planner work with them on that and worry about all those details so that you don't have to. Yeah, exactly. 
Awesome. Um, do you feel find that there's anyone that's not a good fit for planning a destination wedding? So the biggest thing I think you have to be comfortable with before choosing a destination wedding is knowing that not everyone is going to be able to attend. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times people think um, like people won't be able to attend for budget purposes. Mm -hmm. But honestly, that's not usually the biggest thing people come up against, which as a couple, like if you're not expecting it, it can be kind of like hurtful if people have other priorities Mm -hmm. and you know it's not budget related. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that's what I just like to warn people in advance. You have to be like, talk to your VIP. I would not have a destination wedding if these people couldn't come first before making the decision. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But even just like, yeah, be prepared that some people that you invite that you think are a definite no will come. (laughs) (laughs) And some people that you think are a definite yes, won't be able to make the trip. And honestly, it could be Like you just have to be okay with it, even if it's last minute, even if it's someone you talked to before you had a destination wedding Mm -hmm. and they said they could, like you kind of have to leave that. And then the second type of person who I don't think um, is a great fit for destination weddings is someone who really wants to control everything because you can't, (laughs) (laughs) like you just can't. And you're going to be so frustrated planning because literally like the vendors Mm -hmm. are not like that. They're not they're not going to be on the same page as you and it's going to be such a frustrating experience. And then the, like the funny thing is I've worked with so many couples who have really like struggled with the lack of control or like Mm -hmm. slow response times Mm -hmm. or like answers that are like not as detailed (laughs) as we're so used to in Canada and the U S right. And it's like, answers are like oh yeah it's okay right. or whatever you send more emails you're like I um, still need more information this is not <laughs> yeah so I think it's just like and then you get there and it's perfect mm-hmm. or like as close to perfect as better than you could even imagine and then it's like you really stressed out for a year for like no reason everything was fine you're married <laughs> you're in paradise so, yeah yeah exactly awesome Um, Are there any other questions that we haven't gone over that you think couples should know before they plan a destination wedding? I don't think so. No. I mean, every destination wedding is different. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we've kind of talked more about resort weddings than um, off-site venues Mm -hmm. today. So I think the biggest thing is just knowing your priorities. So Mm -hmm. for example, a lot of couples value privacy, but you wouldn't think to kind of value that because you might assume it's uh, like a given, mm-hmm. but when you're getting married on the beach, privacy is not a given. Right. <laughs> so it's definitely some venues are going to have more private locations than others. Mm-hmm. And just like certain things like that, if you want complete privacy, mm-hmm. maybe not getting married at a resort, maybe going offsite, or if you do want a lot of control and, you know, it's not even a bad idea to hire two planners or a planner that works with someone well in your destination. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just starting with your priorities and going from there. Awesome. Great. So is there anything else that you think our listeners should know when it comes to planning a destination wedding or anything that they could use to help them plan it? Um, Well, definitely head to the blog. And I also have a destination wedding planning guide that just kind of like walks you through what questions you should ask Mm -hmm. from your travel agent, from your planner, what you should look at for this. But really just relax, try and have fun with Mm -hmm. it. Approach it with like just a, it's going to be beautiful no matter what. And kind of enjoy the process. Well, I will definitely link to that to your blog in the show notes. Um, So Kara, before I let you go, I wanted to ask you one last question, which I ask all of our guests. What moments give you the most joy? 
I love seeing like friends and family, especially when they're not located in the same city and they're all coming together in paradise. Usually they're spending like at very least a few days, but at most typically like a week and they're all like really getting to know each Mm -hmm. other and like laughing and having fun. And like sometimes people have never even left the country before and then they're in Mexico or wherever and they're just like, they can't even believe it. Like those moments just give me so much joy. You know, that's that's one of the ones things that I love about our weddings is like just having everybody come together, but just to be in paradise, I think, which just make it even more amazing. So I think that sounds awesome. Yeah. Oh, it's so true, right? Like those are the things that really matter Mm -hmm. is like when you're connecting with everyone, everyone's having just such a good time. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you so much, Kara. This was so great. Ladies and gentlemen, Kara Broadhecker of Love at First Travel. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Hey, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Ask the Planner. To make sure you enjoy planning your heirloom occasion, visit asktheplannerpodcast.com where you'll find show notes and ways to connect with me. And if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you hit subscribe and please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts so other couples can find the show and plan their flawless wedding just like you. 